Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You're listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Here's an episode about the coronavirus, also known as COVID-19, which is the number one story in the news around the world at the moment. It's something that we're all facing. Me, you, everyone. So in this episode, the plan is to A, talk a little bit about the situation where I live and how this might affect me, my family and the podcast. Uh, B, go through a list of vocabulary items in order to help you learn the right words that you need to talk about this situation in English. And this will contain various sort of medical words and also general words being used day to day by people talking about this situation. And then C, go through some language to describe how to wash your hands. Now, that's not public health advice. Well, kind of is, but that's not really the main reason. It's just quite interesting from a language point of view. How do you describe the process of washing your hands correctly? It is something that many of us are doing and talking about a lot at the moment. So how do you actually describe that in English? That will be the third thing. So a bit of a ramble and then lots of key vocabulary. Let's get started. So I wasn't planning to talk about this, but the situation has just reached a new stage here in France where I live. And also people keep asking me to talk about it. I've had various messages and stuff. People, I think, would really like me to talk about it. Um, Well, first of all, I'd like to kind of echo the comments of uh, Jurgen Klopp, the manager of Liverpool Football Club. Commiserations, by the way, Liverpool fans. They got knocked out of the Champions League uh, yesterday. But anyway, so I mentioned uh, Jurgen Klopp's comments about the coronavirus briefly in episode 649. Essentially, he said, and I'm paraphrasing, he said, why do people ask me to talk about it? I'm a football manager. But in terms of the virus, I'm just the same as you. I'm just a normal person. People should ask experts, not me. I'm just a guy in a baseball cap who hasn't shaved properly. So, I mean, I sort of agree with what he said. Um, I'm a bit wary of talking about the subject because I'm not an expert on viruses. I'm just an English teacher. I'm happy to talk about my personal experience of it, meaning like what's going on here in France where I live or back in the UK, but I really don't want to spread misinformation. I wouldn't want to get any of the facts wrong. And there are various important facts that I just don't know like specific numbers of infected people, where the virus comes from specifically. Although, I mean, I understand that it first infected people in the Wuhan area of China, that it probably originated in, like, animals, I think, in bats, and then it spread to an animal called a... Is it pangolin? Is that right? Yeah, pangolin. Which, to be fair, I'd never really heard of a pangolin 
before all of this stuff came out a pangolin is a it's like a scaly creature a creature with scales uh it's a mammal uh they're like anteaters anyway kind of slightly odd creatures that i hadn't really heard of or been aware of I think I maybe had seen some pictures, but anyway. So apparently, the you know the disease originated in bats, and then it spread to a to pangolins, and then or a even one pangolin, uh, and then it went to humans. It's pretty weird. Anyway, I'll talk more specifically later about the kind of the the specifics of of what this is, this virus, this disease. The point is that I can only talk about this from my own personal point of view, rather than as a really well informed commentator i'm just like most of you probably i'm just trying to work out what's going on day by day i'm wondering if i'm even qualified to talk about it but having said that i think it is important to to address what's going on this podcast is for an international audience and it's very much an international thing we're all united by the fact that we're now facing this global pandemic also i think that most of you don't really expect me to talk as an expert, do you? You're probably like, it's okay, Luke. You don't have to be an expert. It's all right. You're just Luke from Luke's English Podcast. Sure, if you're talking about, I don't know what, present perfect or something, then yes. But uh, maybe you don't expect me to be an expert. You're probably just interested in hearing about my personal experiences of the matter and learning some vocab uh, to talk about it, right? So um, there are all sorts of issues and questions to discuss like what's going on what's the situation in europe why is this such a big deal how is the uk government responding to this what's happening in my life what's going on around me how am i dealing with this and in fact how might this affect luke's english podcast over the next month or two or three or four there's also the question of how to talk about the coronavirus i mean how can you talk about it in english what kind of language is being used in people's conversations about this. So here's what I'm going to do. At least two episodes, which I hope to upload over the next couple of days, as long as I can manage my time correctly. I'm actually recording this one at, well, about 11, it's now 11.40pm on the 12th of March. So it's nearly my bedtime, everyone. I'll be you know, as I go through this episode, it'll be midnight and maybe towards one o'clock a, uh, in the morning. Um, so it's it's a weird time. Everything's kind of up in the air. But don't worry, I'll make sure I get enough rest. I just think that I'd, I just really want to record this now and upload it as soon as possible. So anyway, two episodes is what I'm planning to do over the next couple of days. Uh, one the first episode will be a vocabulary episode. That's this one. And the second one will be a conversation with my dad. That'll be a Rick Thompson report. So the first one, that's this one. This is the vocabulary episode. You're listening to it now. And the aim is to help you learn and then use the right words and expressions in English to describe this situation. The next episode should be a Rick Thompson report. I say should because I haven't actually had that conversation with my dad yet. Uh, we've sort of scheduled we've planned it um it's scheduled to happen tomorrow if all goes according to plan i'll talk to dad about uh this situation tomorrow lunchtime and hopefully i'll upload it tomorrow afternoon or tomorrow evening um and i'm it's still the 12th it's still thursday the 12th of march as i'm saying these words 
So this is quite a time-sensitive subject, so I really want to get both of these episodes published as soon as possible. Let's see if it's let's see if I can do it. I'd also like to say, in terms of podcast content that I'm uploading, that the situation has suddenly become a lot more serious here in France, where I live, um, and this is kind of going to affect the podcast. Um, the uploading of podcast episodes. So the French president, Emmanuel Macron, this evening at 8pm made an announcement. Um, and I expect that like almost the entire population of France was glued to their TV screens um, to find out what Macron was going to say, what was going to be the government policy on this and exactly to what extent would the country be on lockdown. So he made an announcement this evening that schools, university, universities and childcare centres, uh, the creche, as they say in France, uh, childcare centres will be closed for the foreseeable future. He didn't actually put an end date on it. He just said they're going to be closed and we don't know when they'll open again. So the country is on sort of semi-lockdown. And by the way, I'll be explaining phrases like on lockdown in the main part of the episode. But I think you can probably work that one out if you don't know it already. So the country, I mean, some countries are on are on full lockdown at the moment. France, at this point, is on sort of semi-lockdown. They've closed schools, universities and childcare centres. So the childcare centre or daycare centre. So because the daycare centre is closed it means that my wife and I will have to look after our daughter all the time. Now, that's not bad in itself. I mean, you know, we quite like her. <laughs> um, so it's not bad in the sense that, oh, God, we've got to spend time with her. No, that's great. That's going to be lovely. Uh, but it does mean that suddenly a lot of our time, time that we would normally spend working, a lot of that time will be taken up by looking after her, finding things to do with her, um, and so on. It's going to change everything in terms of our daily routines. Also, there's the fact that we have to stay fit and healthy ourselves. It's not completely clear to me what the risk is to our health. Apparently, my wife, my daughter and I are not the ones who are in the danger zone. It seems that elderly people and sick people are more likely to be seriously affected by this. So, touch wood, he said, touching wood in a superstitious way um touch wood we will be all right even if we catch the disease in fact we might even have it already but not notice because it hasn't really taken hold yet so fingers crossed touch wood we will still be fit and healthy and i will be physically well enough to podcast as well the main thing is the disruption to our lives that could be caused by the daycare centre being closed and potentially other things closing in the future, like the public transport system, shops and other services. We're not at that stage yet, um, but there are quite a lot of unknowns. I'll talk more about this tomorrow with Dad, hopefully. So I have no idea how this will affect Luke's English podcast. It might disrupt the podcast meaning that I won't be able to upload new episodes. But equally, it might not. I mean, I have the advantage of being flexible. My wife also works for herself. Uh, so I work for myself and she also works for herself. I mean, I, I also have a job at the British Council, but most of my time is spent working for myself. And my wife also is basically self-employed. So we're planning to share time with our daughter so, for example, I'll look after her in the morning one day and my wife will, will work and vice versa. 
So who knows? It might not affect the podcast too much. I, I really don't know. Um, premium subscribers, you might be looking at your apps and thinking, where's the new content, Luke? Well, I have the first part of the new premium series ready, and I was planning to upload it today, but this coronavirus situation has kind of taken over a little bit, mainly in the form of people around the world asking me to talk about it. And I get the feeling that this is just something that I have to talk about. And if I uploaded the premium stuff before talking about this, then people would be like, eh, but, you know, like I said before. So the premium series, and that's uh, premium 21, that will come straight away after I've done this episode and the next one with my dad. So premium episodes will arrive. Just like, just to let you know, I've recorded the first part and I've already prepared the second and third parts, but I haven't recorded those yet. So basically premium 21 will arrive sort of early next week, I expect. Um, Apologies for any delay on that. Now, we don't know how long this situation will last. In terms of the podcast, which is now my main job, actually, I'm going to take it step by step. I might be podcasting in the evenings, maybe at night like this, um, maybe when my daughter is sleeping, when she's with my wife. So anyway, so there you go. So what about you? How is the coronavirus affecting life where you are? And I mean, maybe you're not suffering. You might not be like in bed feeling sick, um, but uh, it's probably affecting your lives in various other ways. So there's a good chance that in your country, the situation is actually a lot more advanced than it is in France and the UK. I have a lot of listeners in China, Japan, Korea and Italy, which have been on lockdown for several weeks now. And there may be other places which are now on lockdown too. So I wonder how you're coping out there. So good luck. Keep your chin up, uh, which is a phrase you can use to mean like keep your spirits up. Keep your chin up. Um, English kind of lacks exactly the right phrase for this. In French, they say bon courage. In Japanese, it's ganbate. And in English, we say things like, you know, best of luck. Keep going. Keep calm and carry on. Keep your chin up. Um, But really, this will be a tough time for many people out there. It could be very disruptive and hard. Uh, You may have elderly or sick relatives who, uh, you know, could be badly affected by this. Uh, So hang in there, everyone. My thoughts are with you. Right, so let's get into some vocabulary here. Now, what I'd like to do is teach you some key words and phrases for talking about this situation. Remember, I'm not an expert. I don't think you expect me to be, but still, it is worth saying. I'm sure I have listeners to this podcast who are more specialised than me in this area, and I invite you to give your input in the comments section. Um, Even if you're not an expert, in the comments section, you could just write, you know, what's going on in your life? What's going on in your country? How is this affecting you? I'm trying my best here to be as accurate as possible, focusing on the sort of everyday words and phrases people use in normal life. Uh, For example, if you had a conversation with a friend or colleague about this, what language would probably come up? This is the stuff I'd like to talk about here. It'll also be interesting to see if any of these phrases come up in my conversation with my dad tomorrow. Um, And it will be interesting for you to just try and notice certain bits of English that the two of us use when we're talking about this. Um, Dad will also be able to give commentary on the political situation in the UK, 
because he just likes to keep up with that sort of thing, including how the UK's government, led by Boris Johnson, is responding to this situation. What do you think Boris Johnson will be saying? Like, bah, probably. Bah, Boris, you know. Anyway, I should try not to uh, be be, uh, glib about this subject. It's tempting whenever I mention Boris Johnson to start making jokes and stuff. But um, anyway, it'll be interesting to see what my dad has to say tomorrow. As long as that goes ahead, it's all, you know, it's, it's, we've got it. We've just, we've, we're going to talk to each other at 12.30 tomorrow. But um, I'm wary of making promises. Like, it'll definitely happen. There's always a chance that something will come up and it won't happen. But we'll see. Uh, so right then, vocabulary of the, of the coronavirus coronavirus why did i say coronavirus coronavirus now actually weirdly it like every when i started reading about the coronavirus um probably in little news updates on my phone uh probably in december maybe january and for some reason every time i read it, it even though it said coronavirus i was reading chronovirus it's weird isn't it the way you misread things sometimes so it's not coronavirus, Luke. It's the coronavirus. Duh. So I want to just say, before I go through some vocab, full disclosure, information for this um, comes from several sources. It comes from Wikipedia. And I, yes, I am using Wikipedia. There is a full list of information sources at the end of the Wikipedia page. Um, I think it's quite a reliable page. Also, I've taken some information from the NHS, that's the National Health Service website, and also a word list on EnglishClub.com. And I am reading some words and definitions from a page on EnglishClub.com, a website that publishes a lot of content for learning English, including vocabulary, grammar, infographics, and more. And they're really on the ball because they've already published quite an extensive list of words and phrases with definitions and examples. So I've picked out some of those phrases, not that they own the phrases or anything, uh, but because I'm working against the clock here, I will be reading out some of the definitions and example sentences that they've added to their list. So, you know, all credit to EnglishClub.com and the people responsible for running that website. Um, uh, and I, you know, I suggest that you go to EnglishClub.com and check out the glossary which they have there. You'll find the link to that glossary on the page for this episode and probably in the show notes in your app as well. Okay, so um, it probably doesn't make that much difference to you where the stuff is coming from, but credit where it's due, EnglishClub.com. I've also added other phrases which are not in their list, which I've noticed a lot. So here we go. Um, COVID-19 or coronavirus vocabulary. Um, but, oh, by the way, here are some information sources. I, I think it's a good idea to um, mention uh, the sources of information that EnglishClub.com also used. So they've they used um, Must Know Vocab for COVID-19, which is an NPR website uh, page. Also, the coronavirus uh, page on the World Health Organization website and um, EnglishClub.com are also using coronavirus disease 2019 from Wikipedia and Severe Acute Respiratory Syndrome Coronavirus 2 on Wikipedia as well. So let's get started. So what is the coronavirus disease? Let's start by going through the first 
Um, let's actually start by, hmm, what are we going to do? Uh, hold on a second. Let me just uh, do a little bit of editing here on the website. Am I going to be able to edit this episode? Will there be time? I'm not necessarily going to be able to um, edit this in the middle of the night, and you probably wouldn't want me to or expect me to. So there may be a few little mistakes and little moments where I pause and think, but you don't mind. So what is the coronavirus disease? So the definition here from EnglishClub.com is coronavirus, it's a noun, is any one of a large family of viruses that can cause disease in the breathing and eating systems of humans and animals. So that's the breathing system is the respiratory system and the eating system would be the digestive system. Okay, coronavirus diseases can range from the relatively harmless common cold to more severe and potentially fatal diseases such as SARS, that's Severe Acute Respiratory Syndrome. So, all right, so coronavirus uh, is a term that applies to a range of diseases. Some, even just like the common cold, you know, just those things that you get every year that are annoying, you get a blocked up nose or a sore throat. The common cold is apparently a coronavirus disease. Uh, influenza, I believe, is a coronavirus disease. And then also in this category, we have much more serious and potentially fatal diseases like SARS, severe acute respiratory syndrome. If you look at a coronavirus through a microscope, if you put it on a slide and look at it in a microscope, coronaviruses appear like they appear circular with spikes, a bit like a crown. If you can imagine a crown like the one worn by the queen, uh, like a circular shape with spikes coming out of it um that's kind of what a, a coronavirus looks like so i don't know if that's useful information for you like if you see one you know run away from it you won't be able to see it obviously they're too small but anyway it's interesting that a coronavirus looks like a crown uh because they are named after uh the latin word for crown which is corona so it's like a crown virus, essentially. Coronaviruses normally originate in animals and usually can't be passed to humans, but very occasionally a coronavirus mutates and can then be transmitted from animal to human and then from human to human. Oh, mutating viruses. It's kind of scary, creepy, weird stuff. So normally these viruses are like just on animals, but every now and then one of them just goes and just mutates and then it's able to jump to a human. Scary things, viruses. They are actually when you when you really get into the ins and outs of viruses and the potential threats that they cause to humankind. Oh, pretty scary stuff. Proper zombie stuff i mean obviously they don't turn you into a zombie but uh it's interesting that whole you know the zombie movies zombie movies it's kind of about what would happen to the world if an outbreak uh you know if a, if some horrible virus a pandemic spread through the world what kind of um consequences would there be i mean hopefully it won't become an episode of the walking dead because that would be horrible I mean, not only because of the zombies, but just because we'd all have to spend time walking up and down that horrible road covered in leaves. 
I mean, that every episode of The Walking Dead appears to be on the same stretch of road in Atlanta or wherever it is that they are. Anyway, uh, so, so yes, uh, a virus on an animal mutating and jumping to a human. Boing! Ah! So this is how the SARS epidemic started in the early 2000s, for example. Remember that, SARS? And did you know that flu is a coronavirus disease, it says here on Englishclub.com. So that's coronavirus. So it's a, a, actually a kind of a, a, a group of viruses. It's like a, a band, like the Beatles. Not really, Luke. Stop making jokes. Okay. COVID-19. This is the official name for the novel coronavirus disease that emerged in China in 2019. A novel coronavirus. That's not like a coronavirus in the form of a book. A a novel here means new. All right, so uh, the new coronavirus, it's known as a novel coronavirus, just new one. So the new one that we're dealing with now specifically is known as COVID-19. Coronavirus 19, it came from China. COVID-19 means the CO from COVID is the, is from, you know, the CO from Corona. The VI is the, is the virus part and the D stands for disease. And then 19 uh, refers to 2019. Um, And apparently all countries are requested to report any new confirmed case of COVID-19 within 48 hours. I wonder if all the countries in the world are doing that. I'm sure that there are political reasons why some countries might be uh, keeping some cases under wraps. But apparently that every country is supposed to um, report any confirmed case within 24 hours. Report it to who? I expect to the World Health Organization. So let's start by going through the first couple of... Well, let's continue by going through the first couple of paragraphs on Wikipedia. Because there's a, a hell of a lot of information and vocabulary in um, just the first few paragraphs of the Wikipedia page for coronavirus disease 2019. So this is the COVID-19 Wikipedia page. They say it's an infectious disease caused by the severe acute respiratory syndrome coronavirus 2. So actually we've got the virus and then we've got the disease. So the virus actually is sars COV2 and the the uh, disease that the virus causes is uh, COVID-19. Hmm. So it's an infectious disease. Let me just in- define infectious and compare that to the word contagious. So you may have heard both of those words. It's infectious. It's contagious. Let's talk about these things. So infectious is an adjective And uh, this basically means describing a disease that can be transmitted through the environment, describing a human or... So, all right. An infectious disease is one that can be transmitted through the environment. So it could just be transmitted, let's say, in the air. Probably droplets um, uh, in the air. For example, when someone sneezes, droplets of mucus are sent into the air and then uh, that's how the virus is spread, or the disease is spread like that. And that could mean even stuff like, you know, those droplets could go into the air conditioning system, and then could be spread to different parts of the building. You know, so that's an infectious disease, one that can be transmitted through the environment. Also, we describe a 
an animal or human as being infectious, meaning that they are capable of spreading an infection. So, for example, you know, avoid the dogs as they may still be infectious. That's just an example. I don't think COVID-19, you know, can... um, I don't think COVID-19 is infecting um, your pets. That's just an example sentence there from EnglishClub.com. So that's infectious. And then we've got contagious, which is also an adjective. And this is used to describe a disease that can pass from person to person, usually by direct contact. All right, so um, a contagious disease is spread to other people through direct contact, not just in the air. And also, you can say that a person is contagious uh, when that person has a disease, which is contagious, okay? So a contagious disease and a contagious person and an infectious disease and an infectious person. Now, strictly speaking, it says here, a contagious disease is transmitted uh, by physical contact um, and and an infectious disease is transmitted via microorganisms in the air or water. But in practice, there is little or no difference in meaning between contagious and infectious when related to disease. So what this means is that we use, in in general speech, we use infectious and, and contagious to kind of mean the same thing. Uh, either a disease or a person, okay, a disease that can be spread or a person who has that disease. Okay, so COVID-19 is an infectious disease caused by the severe acute respiratory syndrome coronavirus 2. The disease has spread globally since 2019, result in the, resulting in the 2019 to 2020 coronavirus pandemic, which is what we're all facing now. Let me just talk about the word pandemic. So a pandemic is a noun, and this is the occurrence of a particular disease throughout a whole country or throughout the world. Okay, we could also say an outbreak of influenza for example, or an influenza epidemic. Let's uh, um, pandemic and epidemic. What's the difference? Pandemic would be through a whole country, uh, sorry, throughout a whole country or throughout the whole world. Whereas an epidemic, let me just check the definition for an epidemic. Then is the occurrence of a particular disease in a large number of people in a particular area. So an epidemic is localized to a particular area. A pandemic is when it sort of spreads everywhere, either throughout the country or throughout the world, okay? And an outbreak, then, is a sudden occurrence of a disease. So, for example, there's been an outbreak of the coronavirus. We're facing, you know, what started as an epidemic in the in certain areas of China has become a pandemic now. Lovely, <laughs> he said sarcastically. Uh where else where was i okay so it's um it's spread globally and it's now a pandemic common symptoms so we know symptoms these are like the 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 things that you experience when you get something uh so common symptoms include fever high uh, that's a high temperature uh, a cough that's when you're going <coughs> that's a cough and shortness of breath that's like <sighs> that's when you can't you feel like you can't breathe properly Okay, so fever, cough, and shortness of breath. Those seem to be the main symptoms. Now, other symptoms like muscle pain or sputum 
production. Sputum is basically mucus. That's that horrible green stuff that comes out of your nose or comes out of your throat when you cough. So uh, if you have muscle pain, like aches and pains in your body, or if you've got a lot of phlegm or mucus or sputum and a sore throat, those are apparently some of the less common symptoms. I'm not going to start getting into diagnosing it, but this is just what it says here. While the majority of cases result in mild symptoms, some progress to pneumonia and multi-organ failure. All right, so the majority of cases result in mild symptoms. That means that most of us who get it will only have mild symptoms. So it won't be that bad, apparently, for most of us. And that's interesting because a lot of people are thinking, well, if it's not going to kill us, what's the problem? But that it, it, there's a lot more to it than that. And I'm sure that I'll be talking to my dad about the ins and outs of that uh, tomorrow, as long as that conversation really does go ahead. But some, when some people get it, it can become pneumonia. Pneumonia is spelt with a P at the beginning. P-N-E-U-M-O-N-I-A. Uh, but it's not pneumonia. The P is silent. And we just say pneumonia. So let's just check out pneumonia. This is, an, this is an inflammatory condition of the lung affecting primarily the small air sacs known as alveoli. So it's when the lungs kind of become inflamed or when they swell up. And I guess it means that the, uh, the air sacs in the lungs are unable to, you know, they, they get squashed and they can't fill with air, I suppose. That's my layman's uh, way of explaining it. A layman or a lay person is someone who doesn't have specialist knowledge. So I am speaking as a lay person here. Um, so anyway, uh, it, it can turn into uh, pneumonia, which um, is life-threatening in some cases. Uh, the case fatality rate, so that's the number of deaths, is estimated at between 1% and 5%, but this varies by age and other health conditions. So across all ages, it seems that 1% to 5% of people who get COVID-19 will die. Uh, but obviously, those people who are you know, elderly or weak or already sick with something else, the, um, the fatality rate will probably be very much higher. Okay, so I guess that means that, you know, for most of us, it, it, it's not necessarily going to affect us that badly, but uh, it will affect enough people in society that that will suddenly put a huge strain on um, health services in many countries. Okay, so the infection, and I'm I'm still reading from Wikipedia now, the infection is spread from one person to others via respiratory droplets. That's basically when you, if you cough or sneeze, uh, droplets, little drops of, um, what would it be, I suppose, like uh, saliva or mucus, that come out of your mouth or nose when you sneeze or cough, uh, that goes into the air, and uh, that's how the infection is spread from a person to another person. This is why we're talking about things like you know uh, how you how you're supposed to cover your mouth when you cough, or the importance of washing your hands because um, the uh, the microorganisms that are in the saliva or, or or mucus or whatever that gets spread around when people cough into their hands or cough into the air that gets typically it lands on surfaces and then you, when you touch those surfaces it goes onto your hands so the hands 
are maybe the primary um, places where the where this can be spread to to a person. Does that make sense? So it probably goes onto your hands, and then from your hands it can go onto your face, and it goes into your eyes or your mouth or your nose or your ears, and then that's how you get it. So as far as I'm aware, this is one of the main ways that it can be spread, uh, that it goes onto your hands, and then from your hands it goes uh, into your body, you know, through your eyes, nose, ears, or mouth. And this is why it's so important to wash your hands so regularly. Um, And uh, so time from exposure to the onset of symptoms, meaning the time from when you're first exposed to this to when the symptoms actually arrive, when they happen, when uh, the, we, we say the, uh, the onset of symptoms. Uh, so the time from exposure to the onset of symptoms is generally between two, 2 and 14 days with an average of 5 days. So you might be exposed to this and 5, you know, you don't actually feel any symptoms until five days in or maybe even two weeks into it so oh this is also a little bit scary because you kind of think oh maybe i've got it but i don't even know i've got it and you know this again is one of the reasons why it's so complicated because we don't know to an extent how much this has spread among the global population because maybe everyone's got it you know it could be that 70 percent of the world has got it it's just that they, the the symptoms haven't become obvious yet. We don't know really. It's it's very hard to measure. Um, um, and on Wikipedia it says recommended measures to prevent the disease. So measures are things you can do. So you know things you can do to prevent the disease include frequent hand washing. So basically, if you want to prevent the disease, it's important to wash your hands. And also, uh, you should maintain distance from other people. So, you know, as we know, this means try to try not to spend too much time with in the company of many other people. And this is why we're talking about things like uh, concerts being closed or schools being closed, universities being closed, any situation when a lot of people can get together in the same place that would, um, you know, those are uh, perfect conditions, if that's the right word, for the virus to be spread from person to person. So wash your hands, try to isolate yourself unfortunately and uh try not to touch your face very much which is something that i mean i i have a habit of fiddling i will bite my nails sometimes i'll rub my eyes um might rub my nose because my nose itches uh but i'm really trying not to do those things we all have to be very disciplined also the use of masks is recommended for those who suspect that they have the virus um, and their caregivers. So if you think you've got the virus or if you are giving care to someone who's got the virus, apparently masks are recommended. But it says here that mask use is not recommended for the general public. Am I wrong in thinking that this means that the masks um, we, that the mask may help to prevent you spreading the disease to someone else but the mask is not necessarily going to protect you from getting the disease so those masks we just call them masks or i guess surgical masks or face masks uh, those masks that people wear it's quite an interesting one because it's quite cultural i think in some countries it's totally normal to go around wearing a mask 
So I've said this before, when I used to live in Japan, I used to see people wearing masks quite a lot. I even had people wearing masks in my classes, which was a bit weird for me. When I first went there, it was winter and I saw people walking around with the masks on and I was like, what's going on? Who are these people? Ninjas? You know, because I'm obsessed with ninjas, of course. Uh, What are they? Ninja doctors? Like surgeons just walking around? But uh, no, it's quite normal to wear masks um, in Japan and I I think in many other countries too. Um, But it's quite a cultural thing. So I got a message from someone somewhere, I think on the website, saying... Are people wearing masks in France? Do people wear those masks in France? And and no, like I've I've not seen one single person wearing a mask in Paris. And I think really it's because the Parisians are very kind of image conscious and they they probably wouldn't choose to wear a mask like that in public because other people would be like, you know, that's weird. Um, but if you just forget about all the cultural stuff, apparently... What it comes down to is wearing a mask is not necessarily going to protect you from getting the virus because the thing is the virus can get to you. You can be infected by it through your eyes, through your ears, through your nose. I mean, the mask covers up your nose and mouth. I don't know if it stops it getting in, but there's also your eyes. And if it gets on your hands and then you don't wash your hands and you take the mask off when you get home, Uh, And, you know, you could transfer it to yourself that way. So the mask apparently doesn't protect you, but it can help to prevent it being spread because obviously the mask would mean that when you talk or if you cough or something that the droplets don't fly out of your mouth, they get caught by the mask. I think that's the theory. So it's good to prevent the spread of it, but it's not going to stop you getting it, uh, apparently. Feel free to disagree with me. I mean, many of you will be much more savvy Uh, about masks than I am but uh, apparently that's what Wikipedia says so it must be true right Um, there is no vaccine for this a vaccine would be it's late I might not be able to speak properly a vaccine is a biological preparation that provides uh, active acquired immunity to a particular infectious disease so a vaccine is something that can protect people from it Okay, um, and there's no vaccine for this. Um, and there's no specific antiviral treatment for COVID-19. Uh, I think something I read somewhere that we don't expect to get a vaccine for this until like next year. It's going to take maybe 12, 18 months to develop a vaccine for this, but it depends how 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 uh, innovative people can be or how clever the who what would it, what would it be uh, immunologists i don't know who it is what do you call people who make vaccines anyway let's say scientists keep it simple uh depends on how well they they work but i think typically it you know it's not likely to be more than it won't be it's going to be at least a year okay um Management of uh, COVID-19 involves treatment of symptoms, supportive care and experimental measures. But it's a virus, so there's not really that much we can do about it. So you've got to try and rest and make sure you're eating and drinking and uh, stuff like that. Uh, The World Health Organization has declared the 2019 to 2020 coronavirus outbreak a pandemic and a public health emergency of international concern. 
which we're all aware of because everyone is internationally concerned at the moment, aren't they? I I expect so. Evidence of local transmission of the disease has been found in multiple countries across all six WHO regions. So I don't know, how are you? Are you very concerned or are you not concerned? I wonder. Uh, There's probably a range of different feelings out there. Some of you will be freaking out completely and panicking and locking yourself indoors and smearing yourself in um in um in that uh, alcoholic uh, gel others will be like oh i'll be all right you know it's just like having it's just like the flu isn't it oh, i'll be okay so there'll be a, a range of different uh, responses to this but i think it is wise to take certain steps to wash your hands and to try not to spread this thing around so let's go through some more vocab we've had contagious we've had infectious diagnose well you know this one to diagnose um something this would be to identify an illness by examining the symptoms so um i mean an example would be tom hanks um you may have read this or seen this in the news that tom hanks has been diagnosed positive with covid-19 him both him and his wife have both got it so they apparently they were in australia they were feeling a bit uh, off color um they had some of the symptoms so they went to a doctor to get checked what's the word for it to be screened is actually the word for that screening screening means testing people for the presence of a disease Um, for covid19 the first step in screening is usually taking a person's temperature they now conduct screening for all uh, an, an example sentence they now conduct screening for all incoming passengers so for example passengers coming into certain countries may be screened uh, for the virus uh, if you want to sc- sort of self-diagnose i guess one of the things you can do is like te- check your temperature if you've got a high temperature then you might need to you know look into it a bit more i don't know what 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 do what's your country what's your government recommending to you are they recommending that you go to the doctor if you feel that you've got uh, coronavirus or are they recommending that you kind of self-isolate? There's another word or another phrase for you that's going to come up later, self-isolate. So where were we to diagnose something? So yeah, Tom Hanks has been diagnosed positive. Uh, it's interesting this because there's there's also sort of like political stuff going on here. I don't mean that Tom Hanks is political, but it's interesting that Tom Hanks has been diagnosed because... The thing is with Tom Hanks is that he is a famous person. He's probably rich. He's a high-profile person. And he is the sort of guy who has access to probably a good doctor, even when he's away uh, traveling in Australia. He's probably got the resources, the money, the time, the people available to him so that, you know, he could get himself diagnosed. Whereas, like the rest of us, it might be a lot more difficult. Um so, I mean, this is, you know, this just kind of reveals certain issues that relate to this, like, for example, whether or not um, it's possible for people to be diagnosed with it, because many countries just lack the infrastructure necessary, like, for example, the UK, frankly, because our National Health Service um, is underfunded. And so um, maybe there are many more cases of uh, COVID-19 in the UK, but they're just not being diagnosed because, you know, hospitals don't have the time, the resources to be able to deal with everyone. So there might be all sorts of hidden cases of COVID-19. 
like the UK in terms of um, um, the cases being recorded, the UK is fairly low or it's lower on the list than other European countries like, you know, Italy, of course, and now France. The UK is lower on the list, but maybe it's just because those things are not being diagnosed because people are not going to doctors or the NHS is unable to diagnose them. Um, interesting all the other sort of factors involved in this so uh, diagnosis is the noun Um, so for example the example sentence here is if you're not happy with the doctor's diagnosis you could always get a second opinion Um, so uh, yeah Tom Hanks has got COVID-19 but again it doesn't necessarily mean that we're going to lose Tom Hanks um He's he's probably just got like a temperature and maybe he's he's just resting, uh, and his wife and I don't think he's one of the he's he's not old enough or sick enough to be at risk. I expect I think he's probably just going to take time off and hopefully he'll be all right because uh, we all like Tom Hanks, don't we? He's one of those actors that everyone seems to like. Uh, anyway, what else? Uh, disease. Well, we know we know the word disease. I think, an illness, a sickness, a disorder of the body. Uh, I've talked about droplets. Um, droplets, this is uh, the, the little drops of, like tiny, minute drops of uh, liquid uh, that come out of people's mouths when they cough or sneeze. Remember, cough is, <coughs> that's cough, and sneeze is <gasps> achoo. And then you have to say, bless you. And you go, thank you. And then you're welcome. It's like, you know, <laughs> shall we keep going? Um, so droplets come out when you cough or sneeze and that and the droplets can spread diseases. Um, an epidemic we've talked about. I'm going through a list. Incubation period. Uh, the incubation period. So to incubate. This is a good, um, this is a good word, isn't it? When you think of just the word incubate, I kind of think of, I sort of think of Jurassic Park, right? Because in Jurassic Park, what they did was, I mean, it's not a true story, is it? I don't think it is. It's not based on a true story. It's kind of, could be true. But anyway, in Jurassic Park, they extracted DNA of dinosaurs from uh, mosquitoes trapped in amber, not Amber Minogue. <laughs> That'd be weird. <laughs> Imagine that. We we took Amber Minogue and we extracted uh, a mosquito. We're like, what? Now, Amber is a, is like, um, oh, what is it? It's a, it's a resin, isn't it, that comes out of a tree? You know, that sticky resin that comes out of trees? Uh, it, it, when it solidifies and goes hard, that's, we call that Amber. And um, it's possible that amber, let's say a mosquito, this is weird, a weird Jurassic Park tangent here. Um, anyway, Jurassic Park, directed by Steven Spielberg. Steven Spielberg often works with Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks has got COVID-19. There's the connection. Anyway, I'm saying, uh, I'm talking about the word incubate. So they extracted the DNA from mosquitoes, that a mosquito that had bitten a dinosaur and had uh, dinosaur blood in its digestive system they uh, the the mosquito then got trapped in resin which became amber the then the dinosaur dna got preserved for millions of years and then uh, they managed to extract the dna from the mosquito and then they cloned uh, 
dinosaurs or something and then they actually made dinosaur eggs and then they incubated those eggs in little incubators Hmm. So to incubate is to hatch eggs by sitting on them or by artificial heat. It basically means to develop, to grow, to take form. So we talk about eggs incubating, but also a virus can incubate, meaning it's sort of like it develops and it grows in the right conditions. Um, so uh, incubation period is the period or the time period from a person's first exposure to the disease to the time when the symptoms develop. Okay, so for example, um, when they know the incubation period, they will know how long to keep people in quarantine. Quarantine is another word for isolation, um, sort of like mandatory isolation. Um, if someone has been quarantined, it means they've been isolated and they're probably being monitored, um, okay, to to check to see if they uh, have been exposed to an infectious disease. So it might be possible, I'm sure, in some places that some people have been quarantined. Uh, people who've been exposed to this have probably been quarantined and isolated in, in facilities somewhere, maybe at airports or other places. So an incubation period. That's the period from first exposure to when the symptoms develop, okay? Uh, and we talked about the incubation period for COVID-19. It is, uh, yeah, uh, up to 14 days. Um, isolate, there we go, to isolate someone would be to keep someone away from everyone else. And normally when we're talking about isolation, it's probably isolating someone at home. Uh, that's when we use the word self-isolation. Uh, self-isolation, this means basically choosing to stay at home, choosing to keep yourself away from other people. And I think this is what Tom Hanks is doing. Um, I'm, I'm just Googling now, Tom Hanks self-isolation. Let's see if we get the tweet. Um, okay, right, I've found... Uh, I want to see if if I can find the tweet. Oh, he he um he posted something onto Instagram. Uh, no, that's not the one I'm looking for. Okay, this is fascinating, isn't it? This is when you listen to me searching for um for things on the internet. Fascinating stuff. Uh, this is from abc.net.au. That is a news uh, website from Australia. Tom Hanks in coronavirus isolation. Uh, is a blow to Australia's film industry as production's cancelled. Maybe he was working on a film in Australia and because he's been isolated, that means that the film is not going to go ahead and this is bad for Australia's film industry. I still can't find the tweet. Hold on, let me see if I can change my search criteria. Tom Hanks self-isolation tweet. Maybe that'll be the one. No, still not getting it. Tom, okay, I'll change. Tom Hanks, corona, coronavirus tweet. Um, and, okay, this is going to be the one. Okay, I accept cookies from the Sky website. Hollywood star Tom Hanks and his wife Rita Wilson have both tested positive for coronavirus. Okay, here's the tweet. And it's a little letter um, and he tweeted this. Hello, folks. Rita and I are down here in Australia. We felt a bit tired, like we had colds and some body aches. 
Mm, interesting. Those aren't the normal symptoms. The body aches. But sometimes it's possible. Anyway, Rita had some cold chills that came and went. Slight fevers too. To play things right as is needed in the world right now, we were tested for the coronavirus and we were found to be positive. Well now, what to do next? The medical officials have protocols that must be followed. Uh, so uh, we Hanks, I mean the Hankses, it's a plural of Hanks, will be tested, observed and isolated for as long as public health and safety requires. Not much more to it than a one day at a time approach. No, we'll keep the world posted and updated. Take care of yourselves. Hanks. And there's a picture of a, a, a plastic glove in the bin. Um, I don't know if he's self-isolating, but anyway, uh, some like governments or health organisations are suggesting that people who feel that they've got it should self-isolate, which basically means stay at home and don't go and see anyone. Um, we've got the word mask, which I've talked about, an outbreak I've talked about, pandemic I've talked about, quarantine I've talked about, screening, meaning checking people to see if they've got the virus. Uh, I've talked about that. Transmission, this is basically the transfer of a disease from uh, uh, animal to human or from human to human. So, for example, transmission of many diseases can be direct or indirect. So transmission and to transmit is the verb. Um, it's often passive. And this means to cause a disease to pass from animal to human or from human to animal. So it's just the verb. Many diseases are transmitted through physical contact. You see, it's often passive. So the COVID-19 uh, coronavirus, let's say, can be transmitted um, through um, droplets in the air. Um, uh, another word here as we go through the list, uh, to treat is the verb, which is to try to cure or alleviate an illness or injury through medical care. So, for example, doctors can't currently treat COVID-19 directly and instead are concentrating on re relieving symptoms. It's not really much they can do to treat this. Uh, there are no specific treatments uh, for COVID-19. So to treat a disease and uh, treatment being the noun. A vaccine we've talked about. Viral is, is an adjective that's worth talking about because... Obviously, viral relates to virus. And the definition here from EnglishClub.com is describing something like or caused by or relating to a virus or viruses. Um, and, uh, for example, antibiotics can't be used to treat viral infections. A viral infection would be an infection of a virus. So viral is the adjective for virus. But we also talk about, you know, things going viral, don't we, today? For example, someone... Um, doing something on YouTube and the YouTube videos go the YouTube video goes viral, like Paul Taylor's video about labies, you know, about kissing the way that in France we uh, kiss people on the on the cheeks when we meet them. Not anymore. <laughs> Paul did a video about uh, the way that French people kiss and how, as an English person, this is kind of strange. Like you know especially when it's your male friend that, you know, your male friend greets you by kissing you. And he's like, well, huh? This can be a bit weird um, if you're not used to it. So he did the video and uploaded it onto YouTube and it went viral, you know, really quickly. In a few days, it sort of spread around and many, many people um, 
watched it and it reached a million views in in just a few days so the video went viral so we do use viral to talk about viruses but also we use viral to talk about stuff that becomes suddenly popular on the internet um right now we're nearly done here i've that's those are the most of the words i've gone through what there were other things i was thinking about though hold on a minute i did have some other ideas where are they I wrote them down. So other things. So I wanted to also mention, um, uh, well, on lockdown, okay? And so we describe countries as being on lockdown when um, basically the government has imposed measures to try and prevent the spread of the virus. Um, And lockdown means basically things being closed and services being shut down. So, you know, we know, for example, that Italy is on lockdown like so many things are closed. Japan, to a large extent, is, is on lockdown. Schools are closed. Um, many, you know, many things are shut. You're not able to actually go and use them. It's all on lockdown. And because of this lockdown, it's causing people to panic a little bit. And we get, we're now hearing expressions like panic buying. So panic buying is when people rush out to the supermarkets in order to stock up on um on food or well toilet paper it seems funnily enough it's like we can see where people's priorities are when something like this happens it's like there's a virus and the country's on lockdown it might not be possible to 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 buy things in the shops maybe the you know everything will go out of stock like what do we need what's the most important thing toilet paper <laughs> yeah And uh, people have been panic buying other things in order to stock up on things. So to stock up on something would be to basically get loads of stuff in your home, like a a collection uh, of of stuff. So typically it's, well, toilet paper, it seems. Everyone's like um, collecting or stocking up on toilet paper at home because running out of toilet paper, I mean, you know, that's the that is the end of the world, isn't it? I mean, the the Walking Dead, that zombie apocalypse TV show, where it seems to be the end of the world because zombies are walking around. Like, um, uh, I mean, that's nothing compared to when you sit on the toilet, do a poo, and realise, oh my god, I've got no toilet paper. Ah, that's much worse than the zombie apocalypse. So people are stocking up on uh, toilet paper, and they're stocking up on other things, like they're buying uh, pasta in. For some reason, why is that? Well, I suppose it's because pasta doesn't really go out of date. But people are buying buying all the pasta in the shop, buying all of the tomato sauce in the shop, buying all the tinned tuna in the shop. Uh, they're panic buying, which is um, a little bit extreme, isn't it? When people run down to the supermarkets and like, get all the stuff before anyone else gets it and they buy it all and then other people arrive and there's none, none left because Joe Bloggs has got all of it. Um, panic buying, stocking up on things. Um, yes, there we go. So all the pasta. So, I mean, you know, I saw one joke on Facebook, which was like, um, you know, at least, uh, like pasta sales are doing really well you know, at least that's good for the Italian economy. You know, the, the, the lockdown is very bad for Italy, but at least everyone's buying pasta. So it's not all, you know, it's not all bad news for Italy. The Italian economy must be booming in 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 that respect. Uh, ha ha ha! All right then. 
So I wanted to just mention those little expressions as well. There may be some other stuff that comes up in my conversation with Dad. Right, now I wanted to talk about how to wash your hands, and this is what we're going to end with. Um, because, well, we've, it, it seems this is important. Obviously, it's not the only thing. And if if the government just says to the to its citizens, well, yeah, just wash your hands and, you know, keep calm and carry on, it'll be all right. Which is kind of like the Boris Johnson thing. We'll hear more about that next time. But uh, anyway, obviously there are many other measures that need to be applied in society to try and keep this thing under control and to try and limit the spread of it. I understand that in China, things have been going quite well, that there has been severe lockdown where people have been staying at home, kids have been staying at home with their parents, they've been taking lessons with their teachers on Skype or they've been maybe having private lessons at home. And there have been like, um, what is it, various jokes. Like I saw another joke. So I don't know where I saw it, which was like, apparently people in China have been making jokes like this. Like it was something like, um, uh, you know, neighbors living in the same building and um, the kids downstairs are trying to have their, they're trying to have a maths lesson with their private teacher, but there's too much noise coming from upstairs. And so they shout upstairs, hey, can you keep the noise down? We're trying to have a maths lesson. And the people upstairs are going, well, yeah, but we've got our we've got our sports class at the moment. It's the way you tell them, Luke. Anyway, you get the idea. So anyway, how to wash your hands. At, at the very least, this is useful stuff. And it's kind of interesting from a language point of view. So do I have, uh, I found an image somewhere. Where have I, where did it go? There it is. An image from the NHS. And this is a guide. This is a 12 step guide to how to wash your hands. So it is actually quite difficult to describe exactly how to wash your hands. Could you do it? He says, bumping the microphone. Can you do it? How would you describe the process of washing your hands? Hmm, it's actually quite difficult to say in English. Well, according to the NHS uh, and this 12, 13 step program, in fact, it goes like this. Um, Step one, you wet your hands with water. So make your hands water. Run the tap and, and run your hands under the tap. So make your hands wet. Then you need to apply enough soap um, to cover all the surfaces of your hands. So make your hands wet and then squeeze soap onto your hands and rub it all over your hands. So get soap all over your hands. You need to rub your, your the soap together to create bubbles. It has to become a lather, L-A-T-H-E-R. That is like all of the, you know, when soap goes white and bubbly. So um, get your hands wet, apply soap to your hands and rub it all in everywhere and, and make it a nice lather. And then you rub uh, the palms of your hands together. So you rub your hands together palm to palm. So hands, you've got the palm of your hand, which is usually softer. So when you clap, you slap the palms of your hands together. So those are the palms of your hands, the underside. And the other side of your hand is the back of your hand. So first of all, you rub your hands palm to palm, rub your palms together uh, in a circular motion. And then you um, you interlock uh, or interlace your fingers. So you um, rub the back of each hand with the palm of the other hand, 
with your fingers interlaced. So you kind of rub your hands over each other, uh, rubbing your fingers between uh, the other fingers. So rub the palm onto the back of your hand, rubbing your fingers between uh, the other fingers. So interlacing your fingers. Step five would be to rub um, palm to palm with your fingers interlaced. So again, you're interlacing your fingers, but this time it's palm to palm instead of palm on the back of your hand, but palm to palm. This is fascinating, Luke. (laughs) Uh, It's a language exercise, all right? Then you rub uh, with the back of your fingers to opposing palms with your fingers interlocked. So you kind of do that thing that rock climbers would do if... (laughs) So you imagine gripping one hand into the other with your fingers interlocked. So it creates like that strong bond where your hands are holding onto each other, but it's the fingers that are holding each onto each other. See what I mean? Kind of make two fists with your hands and lock them together. And then you rub um, your hands together like that. And then you um, take your thumb in one of your hands and, and rub your thumb. So clasp your thumb in one hand and and rub it around in a in a rotational movement or circular motion. So rub your thumb into your hand, uh, both thumbs. And then you apparently take the tips of your fingers and you, you rub your palm in a circular motion with the tips of your fingers. This cleans the tips of your fingers because you've got to make sure you're getting stuff under your nails and in your, you know, in the cuticles of your nails. Uh, then you rub each wrist with your with your opposite hand don't forget to wash your wrists as well and then you rinse so uh under the put your hands under the tap uh with the water running and rinse all of the soap off and all the soap has to come off your hands like that now it's very important to do it very thoroughly apparently you're supposed to wash your hands for 20 minutes in total it takes 20 minutes to get all of the traces of the virus off if you do it less than that you might not get everything off so you're going to do it at least 20 minutes um, and you should uh, use your elbow to turn off the tap. So this is, you know, one of those techniques like you use your elbow to turn the tap on and off and then wash your hands. Uh, and then finally, dry your hands thoroughly with a single-use towel. So they're talking about using disposable towels. Dry your hands with a disposable towel and then throw it in the bin. There you go. I expect that many of you out there are I mean, me included, have been doing that thing where you use your elbows and your knees to open doors and and uh, and, and operate lifts and stuff. Um, I've been doing that a hell of a lot. I, I went to work this morning at the British Council and literally it was like, okay, so I, I will push the door open with my shoulder and then I walk to the lift, I beep the lift with my elbow, get in without touching anything, use my badge to touch the, the the button of the third floor um and then when i get into the uh when i get to the door of the teacher's room pull it open with my little finger i don't know why my little finger is immune to uh, the coronavirus but it is use my little finger to pull the door open and then as soon as i get in wash my hands i've spent so much time washing my hands over the last few days that my hands have gone all dry and they are Uh, the backs of my hands are all chapped you know when your skin goes dry and kind of cracks we'd say it's uh, your skin is chapped so my skin's kind of chapped so i'm I'm gonna need to moisturize 
but my, at least my hands are clean. They're so clean that they're they're it's like they're bleeding. They're, <laughs> they're that clean. They're not bleeding. They're fine. That was you know you get the idea, right? So there you go. I'd like to know what's going on where you are. Um, let us know in the comments section. Leave your comments, teacherluke.co.uk. Take care of yourselves out there. I would like to just add at the end as well, this is probably a, a very stressful time for many people. Um, and uh, we're talking about our physical health and everything, but we shouldn't forget um, the importance of like trying to look after your mental health at times like this. Especially in parts of the world, like where I am in the Northern Hemisphere, where we've just come out of a few months of grey, dark, miserable weather, it can be a pretty miserable time. So there's a chance that many of you out there are suffering, not physically, but sort of suffering mentally from the stress, from the fear of this. And so don't forget to pay attention to your mental health and take time to rest, take time to do things that you enjoy um, if this is uh, disrupting your life, um, try not to stress too much. It's important to just take a take a breath and just relax and do things that make you happy sometimes. Um, okay, uh, eat well. Uh, try to get plenty of rest. Um, keep doing exercise as long as um, you know it doesn't expose you to the virus, the dreaded virus. But keep yourself fit and healthy and maintain a positive outlook if you can. Because, well, it's not the end of the world. Or is it? We don't know. But anyway, try and keep your spirits up. Keep your chin up, okay? All right. Thank you for listening to my podcast. And if all goes according to plan, there'll be another one of these, as I've already mentioned, uh, with my dad. Okay? But that's it for this one. Thank you for listening. Speak to you again on the podcast soon. But for now, it's time to say... Goodbye. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you enjoyed this episode of Luke's English Podcast, consider signing up for Luke's English Podcast Premium. You'll get regular premium episodes with stories, vocabulary, grammar and pronunciation teaching from me and the usual moments of humour and fun. Plus, with your subscription, you will be directly supporting my work and making this whole podcast project possible. For more information about Luke's English Podcast Premium, go to teacherluke.co.uk slash premium info.